When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hoopball Podcast listeners, are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? We've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams, and you're listening to the Hoopball Nets Podcast. Okay, so first and foremost, I want to say, just a disclaimer, if you hear some sort of like buzzing or, I don't know, like just dead noise in the background, it's because my AC is blasting in the room that I'm in right now because uh, I live in a three-story home and I live all the way at the top. And as you know, heat rises, so my room is cooking right now. So my AC is at its highest setting. So if you guys hear some sort of like buzzing or a dead noise in the background, that's what that is. With that out the way, um, I'm going to be doing this podcast by myself this episode because our boy Hunter is away on vacation with his family. Hope he's having a great time, but he'll be back for the next episode. Um, so you guys are stuck with me, which I know you guys like me better anyway, so it's no no big deal. I won't tell him. But on this episode, we're basically going to talk about how the Nets are going to adjust to everything that's happened in the last, what, like two weeks, and how they're going to deal with that heading in to the NBA's resumption. And, oh, oh, last thing before we really get into everything. I finally ordered a professional mic. So no more using the mic that I use for my PlayStation. So the sound quality from my end will be immaculate. I got a Blue Yeti X. It was like $180, so it better be great or else it's going right back. But just so you guys can look forward to that, I will be the next episode you hear, I will most likely have my new and improved microphone, which I'm really excited about. So stay on the lookout for that. Okay, now everything's really out the way. Make sure you subscribe to the Hoopball Nets podcast everywhere that podcasts are found and leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. All ratings and reviews are getting read on the podcast. Really, guys, it takes like, let's say, maybe five seconds for you to leave a, a review for us on 
iTunes, and it does so, 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 so much for our podcast. So if you could just do that for us real quick right now. Stop listening right now. Or you don't even, you don't even have to stop listening. You can play it in the background. Go to the review section on iTunes. Hit the five stars. And leave a nice little review for us. That's all you got to do. So where should we start? Let's see. Uh, we can start with the scrimmage game. So the NBA announced that every team that will be returning to the bubble will be playing scrimmage games against one another. And so here's the Nets. They will be playing the Pelicans on July 22nd. That is who they will open things up against. I don't know how I feel about that because uh, that means we have to play Zion in his first game back, basically. And based on the picture that everyone was drooling over of him looking absolutely yanked on Twitter, um, he will probably put our entire team on a poster, especially because we have one person on our roster who's over 6'11 and not a single 7-footer. So... I think Zion's going to absolutely destroy us, but the good news is our schedule isn't that, 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 that difficult. Because after the Pelicans, we then go up against the Spurs on July 25th. The Spurs aren't anything to be too afraid of, and then we end out our scrimmage games against the Jazz on July 27th. Um, I think for a lot of these games, teams aren't going to be giving their elite effort, because why would they? God forbid a star player gets injured before the games that matter actually start being played. So I really don't think teams are going to go that hard during these three games. I think they'll get their star players out there for maybe like 20, 25 minutes max just to get the blood flowing and get some NBA basketball back in their systems. Um, We don't yet know if these games will be televised, which I think is the weird part. I, I don't see why they wouldn't be televised. Um... Things, I think it would give everyone a good taste of how things will be when the regular season games start getting televised. And obviously, when I say regular season, I mean the seeding games and the placement games going into the playoffs. Uh, because those games are going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before, probably, especially because there's going to be no fans. We don't know if the broadcasters are going to be there. We don't know how anything's going to shape out, really. So I think that'll be interesting if they televise those games. Also... Since they're using these scrimmage games for the NBA teams and the players themselves to get reacquainted with how it is to be back on the court, I think that the TV stations and the NBA should use it as practice for how they want to televise the broadcast. Because I'm sure that they have a load of ideas that they want to try out and see which one is most popular with the fans before they really get things going. For example, I know Adam Silver was talking about maybe putting a delay on some of the games so it gives the NBA time to screen the games themselves for curses and like things that they would need to censor on national television so maybe do one game delayed see how fans react to it and then do one game uncensored and see how fans react to it and then just roll with whichever one is most popular i don't know about y'all but me personally i'm trying to hear the curses i think that would be super cool because you never get to hear them or like when you do get to hear them uh, when like lebron or somebody screams out an f-bomb you're like okay there we go we really getting serious now so i would love to hear it also, being able to hear the curses would absolutely remove those moments where fights start out of nowhere on the court and the fans have no reason why. Because, like, the people watching have no reason why, but it's because some NBA player whispered something under their breath, a curse word under their breath to another, or they cursed at someone and, the, and it got censored out. And so now people are just fighting and we have no reason why. See, being able to hear the curses would absolutely take that and get rid of that problem. 
And so now that we've talked about the net scrimmage games, let's really get into a more team-centric look at the way their roster is shaping up. So as we know, first of all, I just want to say prayers up to Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan as they've both tested positive for COVID-19. Um, DeAndre Jordan will not be traveling with the Nets because he doesn't feel as though it's safe for him to do so, which I completely understand 100%. And Spencer Dinwiddie is still not decided yet. So he told Shams that he did want to play, but was going to take things slow. He has not yet opted out. So there's still a, a path in which Dinwiddie plays for the Nets, and we see him suit up when we go to Orlando. But as for DeAndre Jordan, he will not be playing. Also, Wilson Chandler opted out because he just felt as though it would be in the best interest of him and his family if he didn't travel with the Nets to Orlando and put himself in harm's way of possibly bringing back COVID-19 to his household, which I, again, completely understand. It's the same reason why Avery Bradley didn't play. Trevor Ariza has other extenuating circumstances, why he can't play. A lot of NBA players feel the same way, so I, I 100% understand why. Uh, Wilson Chandler is not traveling with us. Once again, prayers up to DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie. Please get better soon. But as in the way that it impacts the Nets basketball-wise, so that leaves the Nets with, with DeAndre Jordan not playing. The Nets really only have, what, Jared Allen as their only big left on the roster. They have nobody above 6'11". We have no seven-footers on the team whatsoever. So we're going to have to sign some. And we've already started signing players to replace roster spots that we won't have. And so the Nets signed Tyler Johnson, but had to waive Theo Pinson, which I just want to say shout out to our guy, Theo Pinson. He was really the last last remaining piece of that Nets culture where we got all the memes, the Playboy Cardi meme, all the dances. He was really the last person remaining, that last thread hanging on from that old Nets team, which we love. That's when we started podcasting, so we'll always have a special love for that Nets team and a special love for Theo Pinson. We know he's not going to be out of a job for much longer. He's definitely going to find his spot on the NBA roster. He definitely deserves it. And so, yeah, one more shout-out to Theo Pinson. But yeah, the Nets signed Tyler Johnson. They also signed Justin Anderson. They used Justin Anderson uh, to replace Wilson Chandler's roster spot, and uh, they waived Theo Pinson to get Tyler Johnson. Now, looking at those two additions, I guess we'll start with Justin Anderson. He, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, when you look at their options, I guess Anderson wasn't the worst option, obviously. And I think that he can provide and bring something to the team. He played three games on a 10-day contract early in the year with the Nets before he was released in January. Um, he played 16 games during his time with the Long Island Nets this season, scored 20.6 points per game, and shot 47.9% from the field. He also grabbed 6.6 .6 rebounds a game and shot 37.1% from the three-point line. Um, it's encouraging stat lines because the points were the most on the team, and he was top four in assists as well. Now, keep in mind, he only played 16 games for the Long Island Nets, but it's encouraging nonetheless. Now, on to Tyler Johnson. So if you don't remember, the Nets offered him a four-year, $50 million contract back in 2016, but he was a restricted agent for the Miami Heat, and so the Heat matched the offer. Uh, that ended up not working out so well, and so Tyler Johnson eventually moved on to the Phoenix Suns who he was actually with this season, where he put up in only 31 games and 16.6 .6 minutes played, 5.7 points, 1.6 assists, 1.7 rebounds, 
0.8 turnovers, and he shot only 28.9% from the field. No, my bad. He shot 28.9% from the three-point line, not from the field. He shot 38% from the field. So the 28.9% would be a career low for Tyler Johnson. Usually he hovers somewhere around 35%. He's only been under 35% one time in his entire career outside of this year, and it was the previous year with the Suns, 2018-2019 season, where he shot 32.1%. So in the last two years, his three-point shooting has trailed off, but it could just be the Phoenix Suns effect because, you know, outside of Devin Booker, what Sun is actually productive? And so I like the addition of Tyler Johnson personally. I know he was someone that we talked about in our last podcast when we were talking about who the Nets could sign to replace uh, the roster spot that Kyrie and KD would vacate. And so I like that they signed Tyler Johnson. I think Tyler Johnson's a bucket, and I think he will be especially useful if Spencer Dinwiddie doesn't play because then the Nets will really only have... And so Tyler Johnson would then, therefore provide crucial minutes off the bench really and I think he can thrive in that role um with Wilson Chandler and Claxton out ah the Nets are really thin at power forward and so I think that Rodion's Kuruks and Torian Prince will get more time I think they're gonna run a lot of small ball especially because they really just have to they don't have any other choice it's out of necessity that they're going to run small ball but I also think that lineup will work a lot for them and it might throw a lot of teams off and get them out of their rhythm when they see the Nets coming out that small if Jared Allen's not on the court then the Nets would probably be running a lineup with nobody above 6-8 on the floor and that really goes to show when you look at what Timothy Luabu Cabrero said in a recent interview, he said, uh, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to play the four or the five at some point. Now, keep in mind, to put that into perspective, Luau Cabro is 6'7". <laughs> and so if we're going to have him playing the five, oh, that's not going to be great. I, I already see stat lines coming from guys like Nikola Jokic putting up 50 on the Nets, any good dominant big man that the Nets play this postseason or this upcoming resumption of the NBA season is going to dominate them unless Jared Allen's on the floor and having Jared Allen on the floor ruins your spacing. So I, the, the, the Nets are definitely going to have an uphill battle when the NBA starts again. But when we look at how they can combat that, they're really going to have to find someone that can fill DeAndre Jordan's roster spot and be productive in those minutes. And so I've looked at a couple of guys that they can maybe find to fill that hole. Um, we've got Donta Hall, Deontay Davis, John Ekbunu, who was with the Long Island Nets, and then Dragon Bender. Obviously, there's more options, but those are the four that I thought were the most interesting. Now, the two that I think stand out the most are John Ekbunu and Dragon Bender. For me personally, I'd go with Bender, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But I think Ekbunu is also a really, really, really good choice. He is 6'11", 265 pounds, uber athletic, and he plays like DeAndre Jordan. Like, if we're if the Nets are going to try and find someone that is the same kind of player, the same caliber of player as DeAndre Jordan, then Ekbunu would probably be their best bet. And plus, he's already in their system, so he has some sort of familiarity with the Nets culture in some way or another, rather than bringing in a whole new guy and maybe risking him not developing a good team chemistry with the guys on the roster already. Now, although I just kind of convinced myself that Egbunu is the guy we should sign, I'm still going to go with Dragon Bender 
just because I'm the type of guy that values potential a lot. And so when I see Dragon Bender, who was the fourth overall pick in 2016, I'm like, okay, this could go somewhere, especially because he's a stretch four, which is something that the Nets have been lacking and I've been asking for for years, almost two to three years now I've been asking for that. And He's played in the NBA, whereas Egbunu has really only seen success in the G League. Bender has seen some sort of success. Now, I'm not saying it's a lot, but some sort of success in an NBA setting. In his last game, before the whole NBA lockdown, he finished with 23 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists in less than 25 minutes. Which, if he gave that to the Nets, we'd be right back in business. That's sometimes better than what DeAndre Jordan was giving us. And I found this really crazy article, and I don't want to say crazy because DeAndre Jordan gave the Nets a lot, and he provided so much to the team, especially in the form of athleticism, rebounding, perimeter defense, and he was also used to teach and mold Jared Allen into a better player, hopefully, and we'll see that up this upcoming resumption of the season because Allen will, as of right now, be the only center on the roster, which means he'll probably be playing a lot, and so we'll get to see what he really learned after basically sitting the season behind DeAndre Jordan. But back to the article. So CBS Sports did this article on who are the players that are going to be the hardest to replace out of the ones that have already announced that they're going to opt out of playing in the NBA's resumed season. And so that includes guys like Wilson Chandler, Avery Bradley, Victor Oladipo, Tabo Cephalosha, Trevor Ariza, Willie Cauley-Stein, Davis Bertans, or Davis Bertans, and DeAndre Jordan. And DeAndre Jordan came in first place. Yeah, they ranked him as the hardest person, the hardest player to replace out of all the ones that have already announced that they're sitting out. Which means they ranked him as harder to replace than Victor Oladipo. Now, that might be because of... DeAndre Jordan playing basically the entire season with the Nets and Oladipo coming back midway through the season. But they did say that he was top 60 this season in a BPM, VORP, player efficiency rating, and win shares per 48 minutes. Not to mention that he was also a crucial part of one of the Nets' best lineups this season, which was Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, and Garrett Temple, and DeAndre Jordan. And so not having him, well, and maybe Dinwiddie as well, will take one of the Nets' best lineups and absolutely turn it upside down. So we'll see how they adjust to that. But with DeAndre Jordan gone, I think Dragon Bender is the guy that we should go after. Um, I would obviously not be mad if they signed anyone else. I just know that we need somebody over... We need a big. We need a big. I'm not even going to give a height range. We just need a big. Because centers are going to look at us and say we are food. They're going to feast on us as soon as they see that Jared Allen's the only big man we have, and he can't play the whole game. So eventually, we're going to have to go small. The opposing team's going to sub their center right back in if he's sitting down, and he's going to dominate. Oh, and before I forget, I want to give a shout-out to my guy, Doug. Doug, I know you're listening. You're like our number one fan. We appreciate you so much. I don't know if you ever said this on the pod, but we appreciate you so, so, so much. He said on Twitter, looking like the rest of the season will be Jared Allen, Karras, Joey, and Rody looking to oppress and lay the groundwork for next year. Everybody's playing for roster spots. And that last part, the roster spots part, is something that I'm going to get into right after we hear from our friends at Manscaped. What's up, everybody? It's Najee from the Hoopball Nets podcast. And I want to talk to my guys listening to this real quick. Listen up very closely 
please, because I'm about to give you some information that could change your entire life. Now, I know ever since quarantine started, you might be chilling, sitting in the house, not going out, not seeing your significant other, whoever that might be. You might just be chilling in the house, sitting in the AC, playing PlayStation on your phone, on FaceTime, on YouTube, whatever you might want to do, you might be doing it. But I also know that that means that your male grooming right now might not be up to par. Don't be embarrassed, please. I'm right with you. Don't even worry about it. I've got something that's about to change that right now. Have you ever heard of Manscaped? You didn't even have to answer that because I know you've heard of Manscaped. Everybody's heard of Manscaped. Every man should use Manscaped, and I'll tell you why right now. They're Lawnmower 3.0. It's amazing. Take it from me. Please, I didn't have it before. I used to go through the same hassle of shaving the under lower area just like the rest of you. You know, got to get the hard to reach parts. Might have to lift the leg on the sink. You never know. But with the Lawnmower 3.0, it is a skin safe electric trimmer that will provide you with no cuts. But it'll also be way quicker than using a little regular old razor. And if you go on manscaped.com right now, you can get the Perfect Package 3.0, which is a value of $157.94 for only $89.99 right now. Let me tell you what comes with it. The Lawnmower 3.0, the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, the Crop Reviver, which is ball toner and refreshener, and a Magic Mat, which are three disposable sets of shaving mats because you don't want things to get all dirty on the floor. And so now, I'm going to make things even better for you. It's already on sale for $89.99. But if you go to their website right now and use code HOOPBALL20, you can get 20% off that already discounted price and free shipping to anywhere that you are. Again, that is code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-20, for a 20% off your order and free shipping. Please run. Don't walk to their website right now. I promise that both you and your partner won't regret it. And we are back. I just want to go eat a couple of rainbow cookies. Got some water, some Gatorade, actually. That was super parched. Rainbow pause. Before we get back to the next stuff, rainbow cookies are amazing. So my girlfriend's Italian. I had never had a rainbow cookie before like two years ago. And now they're basically my favorite snack, dessert, cookie, I guess. I don't know what you would call them, but they're amazing. Tweet me what your favorite snack is, what your favorite candy, I guess. Not even candy, because rainbow cookies aren't even candy. They're just a snack. So, yeah, tweet me what your favorite snack is on Twitter. Because I'm trying to try a whole lot of new things on this quarantine. I'm about to come out of quarantine a whole new man. But back to what my guy Doug said about everybody playing for roster spots. I think that that segues perfectly into what I want to talk about next which is the next head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. So as of right now, it's still Jacques Vaughn. He still has the coaching job. He is the quote-unquote interim head coach for the Brooklyn Nets. We don't know how long that's going to last. We still don't know if they're even going to do an official coaching search or if Vaughn is just going to keep the job for the foreseeable future. But I think what happens during these eight seeding games will, will weigh heavily into that decision now hear me out I think the Nets are comfortable with Vaughn as their head coach going into the new era of Nets basketball I do I honestly do but I don't know if they think 
that he can command the locker room, especially with superstars as difficult as Kyrie and KD. And now I'm not saying difficult in a bad way, but we all know KD and Kyrie aren't the most quiet superstars. They're not just going to go with the flow. They're going to speak their mind. They're going to let things be known. And so you need a coach that can do the same and still keep a nice reign on the locker room and the team and continue to build team chemistry. And so that's what we thought Atkinson was. But clearly, Kenny Atkinson wasn't that. He had lost the locker room. And now I think they're going to, if they do do a coaching search, they're going to hire somebody that KD and Kyrie approve. And so the way that Vaughn coaches the Nets, especially since they're going into this new resumed season so undermanned, the way that he coaches them is going to be crucial to him keeping his job. Because if KD and Kyrie see the way he coaches and sees that he can make something out of what might be nothing in the Nets roster, they might want to play for him and play with him and be on his side and give their approval when Sean Marks asks, so what are we looking at? For when it comes to who's the next head coach. Who do you guys want to coach you? If they say Jacques Vaughn, Jacques Vaughn is the coach. That's as simple as it gets. And so for Vaughn, he's going into this probably thinking, okay, I have eight games. Eight games to prove myself. Because I don't think they're going to count the scrimmage games that much because teams really aren't going to be trying that hard. So he has eight games to prove to KD, Kyrie, and the Nets front office that he is well capable of keeping this job. Because if he loses the locker room, if the Nets don't win a single game, and there's even with the team they have now, Karras, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, they should be able to win at least three or four games. If the Nets don't win more than or at least three games, then I don't think there's a route to Vaughn keeping the job. But let's say the Nets overachieve and win, let's say, six, six out of their eight games. I think the job is Vaughn's, period. They could get swept in the playoffs. I think that job is still his because he came in, he would have came in to the resume season completely undermanned, not knowing what he was walking into, and knocked out six wins which in, with a Nets roster that will be drastically better next season. So if you think about if he could get six wins against some pretty elite teams, with Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, and maybe or maybe not Spencer Dinwiddie, imagine what he could do with Kyrie and KD. Now, these eight games will also be a test run for a lot of players, like Chris Chioza, like Justin Anderson, like whoever they signed to take DeAndre Jordan's spot. We will see if the if they mesh well with the Nets, then Sean Marks, KD, Kyrie, Jacques Vaughn, whoever the coach is next season, might choose to keep them on the roster because this this time that the Nets are about to go through, that the entire NBA is about to go through, really, is going to be one of the most crucial times in the history of the sport. The way that this whole season resumption is executed will be extremely, extremely important for multiple reasons. Some not even having to do with basketball. Because, for one, the the NBA is really going to be the first sport to come back and really resume their entire season straight up. And MLB, they'll be back around that time, maybe a little bit before. But if you count the NBA scrimmage games, then the NBA will be back before the MLB. And then the NFL, I don't even know. They're probably scrambling right now because they have way more players in the NBA. And they have way more contact than the NBA and the MLB. So things might get a little murky from the NFL. But seeing a sport be able to con- to successfully come back 
from COVID will definitely put a smile on multiple people's faces, hundreds, millions of people's faces, and give other sports the ability to see that, okay, it can be done. And so since the NBA did it like this, maybe we could do it like this. Maybe the NFL could do it like that. Maybe the MLB can tweak some things. But even outside of that, it will be some semblance of returning to normalcy for everybody in the world. I don't know about y'all, but I used to watch basketball every single night. I used to come home from school before I graduated and see and just watch games, Lakers games, Nets games, Clippers games, Bucks games, whatever game was on, I was watching it. We haven't done that. I haven't been able to do that in almost three months. And so with everything still so up in the air with the coronavirus, seeing NBA basketball back in TV might just put a smile on some people's faces. And that's all you need in the times that we're going through right now. It'll give the world some hope that, okay, if the NBA can do this, we might be getting back to normal. We might be well on the road to recovery. And that will mean so, so much to so many people. And then when you look at it from the Nets perspective, the way that this whole thing is handled, like I just said, is going to weigh heavily into next season when it comes to the makeup of the roster and the head coach and maybe even who they sign in free agency, depending on what they need and see what they need in this eight game period. And so, yeah, that is my little spiel on how the NBA's resumption could lead to so many could could impact so many people outside of basketball, but also the Nets as well. Had to had to loop the Nets in there somehow, you know, because I wanted to go on the rant. <laughs> but that'll do it for this episode. I know this was a shorter episode, but not having Hunter to bounce my ideas off of is way harder than I would have thought it would be. But <laughs> he'll be back next episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Please leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Hoop. Ball Nets. That's H O O P B A L L Nets. Give us a follow. We've been stuck at 123 followers forever now. So please get us to 124, maybe 125, maybe even 130. Who knows? But yeah, shout out to Manscaped. Use code HoopBall20 for 20% off your entire order and free shipping. It's an unbelievable deal. So go take advantage of it. And uh, that'll be it for this episode. We'll see you all next time. Or I'll see you all next time. <laughs> This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.